Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In The Pocket Podcast. My name is Kevin Chip Gingard, and I'm super grateful that you took time out to be with us tonight. You could have been anywhere else, but you're here with your boy. This podcast was created to help people find their rhythm, to help them find their niche through the inspirational stories that our guests provide. This musician memoir series, separate than our legend series, was created to highlight musicians that are on the road and on the grind and still on the come up. Uh, today's episode is going to be amazing. This episode is for the songwriters, for the people that love music, lyrics, and melody. Uh, you want to tune in. Take take a moment and share this with your friends. Let them know that we're on and we're live and we're going to be talking to one of the premier songwriters of this generation. Hailing from the Midwest, by way of Ohio, by way of Virginia, I'm honored to sit down with this rising star. Amante Lacey is a gifted singer, songwriter, worship pastor, and recording artist, and father. He has created a name that commands respect in the gospel music industry. Amante has written for Israel Houghton, Ty Tribbett, Byron Cage, B.J. Putnam, and Pastor R.A. Vernon, and many more. The name Amante means he who loves God. And what better name to have for one of the nation's top songwriters and worship leaders. And he's here with us today. I'm super hyped. Let's bring to the pod for episode eight, Mr. Amante Lacey. Yeah. I, appreciate, I appreciate the love, man. No doubt, man. Um, first of all, thank you for doing this, man. I know you're super busy, um, but taking time out to rock with me, man, that, that means a lot to me, bro. No doubt, man. This is a great opportunity, man. Thank you. A- absolutely, man. So hailing all the way from Ohio by way of Virginia now, right? You're VA, you're DMV resident right now, right? I'm a DMV guy now, yeah. Yes, sir. But you, you grew up in the, yes, you grew up in that Midwest though. Tell us about that Midwest life growing up. Oh man, you already know, like uh Ohio, Chicago. Yeah, it goes down. Yeah. I, I will say Ohio is probably one of the hardest places to uh, do your grind, man, because everybody's so talented from, from the top Cleveland all the way down to Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, if you, if you can do well in Ohio, you can do well anywhere for sure. Okay. I'm yeah. a very small town. And would you believe I grew up singing with John Legend all the way Whoa. up? Into, yeah. Like, we're from the same city, from from the same, not same church, but church family. Like, yeah. we're all, like, we grew up singing together, bro. Like, it's the Whoa. real deal. Springfield, yeah. Springfield, Ohio. Yes, sir. Yes, wow. sir. Wow. I mean, the Midwest always is a tricky place because they have so many gems and so many hidden talents. Um, sure. I mean, sure. you, you, you and LeBron are from the same state, you know. Listen, <laughs> Steph Curry. Yes, sir. We, we play ball, too. We play them yeah. all. I hear that. I hear that, man. Uh, Ohio is a special place. Always have a good time going out there. Um, I just want to show the Midwest love because there's a lot of talent out there. And, of course, the coast. East and West Coast get all the love, but the Midwest, they call it the heartland, right? And that that has a lot of heart and character and hard work principles come from that area. Yeah. So was there a strong musical presence in your youth? Oh, for sure. Sure. My mother mother and father are very musical. My father's a guitar player, bass player, singer. My mother is the singer. Like if if you're ever in Ohio and you ask about Peggy Lacey, they're going to tell you she's the legend, the legend female vocalist. You know, there's Tanya Baker from Ohio. Yeah. There's other female artists, but my mother is the legend. She did it before everybody else did. You know, so that's awesome, man. I grew up. I grew up in a home where I grew up, and I would wake up in the morning and go to the backyard at a barbecue at my own house, and Yolanda Adams would be there, or whoa, or or, or the Commission or Clark Sisters. Like that's what I grew up in, bro. The whoa. But you always came through Dayton or Springfield or Columbus. Yeah. You know, all connected to everybody. There. Wow. So did, did you feel pressure or did you feel forced to be in the industry or be an artist? No, 
No, no. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I, I decided to do music for real late. Like I was 25, 24, Whoa. 25. I got serious about. I'm, I was an athlete all my life. And oh so, wow! So music was not something serious. Yes, I sang growing up. You know, yeah. Groups and stuff like that. But I was a background guy. I was. I was yeah. Super tenor guy. You know, I, okay. I, had no, I had no plans on being up front or writing music. So this all came late to me, bro. Wow. So was guitar your first instrument? It is. It is my first and only instrument. Only instrument. I, okay. I could play a mean testimony drums, bro. I promise <laughs> you. I'm going to get you to the testimony service. Oh, yeah. Well, once y'all get, if you shout and y'all want to start going out like cues, like I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Got I'm you, out. guys. <laughs> Wow. So let's talk about Ohio coming up. And your mom, you said, was a, a huge influence. Were there any others that were part of your influence? Oh, most definitely. Um, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Jonathan Dunn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another one that's um, from Ohio. We all went to the same church. So Jonathan wow. Dunn, Hamilton Harden, who is... Oh, my goodness. Yes, the guy. Like, we're all... Uh, Hamilton stayed with me many years, you know? Um, wow. Yeah, so, like... There's goats all through Ohio. Danielle Stevens, uh, yeah, all goats straight from Springfield. Um, so what an honor to work with some greats in that little yeah. small. So you're you're known to uh, you know write worship music and uh, and praise and worship music. Um, did you have a traditional upbringing as far as like Pentecostal or you yes. know more on the I, Christian gospel side? I grew up P A W. Wow! Well, yeah, sure, that's how that's how I got to meet the Haddons. All them, like, yeah. This is, the PAW life is how I, I was raised. Like we went to every convention, every SOD, NOD. Yeah, and right. I was there. Wow! So that opens your eyes musically as well to see oh, music on sure. that larger stage. Mm-hmm. That's a, so a lot of great friendships came from that those early oh, days. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. So with that, um, your mom and dad being musical, um, when did you realize you had a gift? Early. Like, again, okay. I knew I could sing. Yeah. Um, but being up front came late. That confidence came once I got to college. Okay. Um, and learned how to sing all the opera stuff. And that's kind of where I was leaning towards. I was going to just do that. Really? Um, I, y'all, for sure. And, uh, wow. And when I, the most comfortable is when I'm doing classical music. Really? If I'm doing classical music, that is when I'm most comfortable. Um, and so like my, my professor still is upset with me for not doing that full time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I always knew I had the gift, but coming up with, like I said, with Jonathan Dunn and yes. Danielle and Chris McNeil and John Legend, where these guys can really, they got the chops. Yeah. It keeps you humble, man. The last thing you want to do is be up front. Yeah, I hear that. Wow. Um, so at what what age and stage did you people start seeking your services? You said in 25, you yeah, like headed I, to the I, forefront. Definitely, definitely fresh out of college. So 23. Okay. When um like it felt like honestly, bro, I felt like I jumped the line in a lot of areas. Like I bet. Went from being just a background guy to being up front, and I li- literally within years was standing on some of the biggest stages in gospel music. I mean, yes, sir. Churches. So- I literally was 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 traveling with my school choir, and then heading over to Noel Jones Church and and leading worship. Like, bro, like crazy jumping the line. 
Yeah. So uh, what was your first breakout opportunity? Breakout opportunity. I, I would say uh, we did some, we did some, I was in a band called Champion. Mm-hmm. And um, we got to do some shows with Ty. We did a lot of shows with Ty. Yeah. Um, we got connected in this thing called uh, Winterfest. Mm-hmm. So every year we're doing Winterfest and we're meeting new musicians, new artists every every year. And so the Ty Tribble connection was probably the first big connection we got. Yeah, you got to open up as a solo artist. Yeah, like, well, yeah. As, as my band. Oh, champion. Oh, champion, that's champion, okay. Champion travel. We did, we did a lot of dates with, with Ty. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say like a major tour situation, but yeah. he put the same bill. When, when he was, when he released Fresh, mm-hmm. we, were the, we were the opening group for a few shows. Wow. And so that was a great opportunity. Yeah, I think that's when we first on the East Coast. I, a lot of us uh, heard about you uh, reading credits. You know, we kids, we there was oh, a yeah. day when we, we could open up album credits on the CD and uh, and see who's playing and who's writing these these records that we like. And I think uh, you know we were going through the albums and you know on a road trip and just reading who's yeah. who's doing what. And we we saw that your name had appeared on there. And then years later, you know, we see it on other albums and. Yeah. And we see you on stage and like, you know, that whole like, oh, I know that dude. OK. You know what I'm saying? So that that it came from it came from there. Like I heard Amante, Amante, yeah. what, how you say his name? OK, I've seen that before. And then we see you on stage with Ty and then and in Israel and so on and so forth. So that was the journey that we went on. And I'm privileged to see that journey with you and then, you know, see where God is taking you now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, question. What do you hear first? Do you hear chords, melody, drums or a bass line? Like when you hear a song? Uh, what do you uh, what do you notice first, and how does it come to you? First thing I hear is a chorus. Okay, hook. So music, music and words is I hear it all at the same time. Yeah. And so it and it, and it happens at rare moments. Like it's mm-hmm. either sitting in my car, quiet. It's my to be honest. My my radio don't be liking to work all the time. So <laughs> I don't turn it on. So I it's usually those quiet drives. Yeah. Um, or I hear someone say something. Okay. Um, my girlfriend always has like an idea. Like she's always yeah. throwing up. She'll say something in our conversation. My single that came out uh, for my last record literally came from her saying, you know, uh, you know, I love the way you say my name. I'm like, wow, that's let me go to my, my studio real quick and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> quick ideas come to me. I'm like, let me go grab my guitar. Yeah. Get my phone real quick. Right. That's awesome, man. So uh, I love the way different people have different answers to that question where it downloads different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, how did the church prepare you to be a professional? Man, you know what? It was not the church that taught me how to be professional. Okay. It, was, it. it was my college experience. Okay. I went to an HBCU in Ohio and the choir traveled weekly. And, uh, and my professor is the one who taught me everything not so much about the music business mm-hmm. how, to, how to handle the road yeah how to, how to make sure you do if you do 10 shows that you have a voice every show yes right giving everybody the same experience from show one to show 10 yeah so um and being on time yeah do a sound check how to do a sound check i learned that all from my college professor that's dope so take me through a day in the life say today is you know, we're earlier Saturday morning and you have to fly out to do a show in uh, Florida tonight, right? Mm-hmm. 
talk to me about your your regimen, how you would prepare, and from from waking up to the stage. Um, I'm getting older, man. <laughs> getting a little older, so my pro- process is a little bit different now. Um, all my guys are still in Ohio, so okay. wherever I go, they got to meet me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just did something in Atlanta, and it was cold, man. And I so saw that. I, I missed it. I wish I had known you were here. I would have came and saw you. Yeah, man. Listen, yeah. it was cold. I was not prepared. And so for me, I have a higher range voice. And so yeah. I'm also, I'm a little older. So I don't, I used to be able to just show up and sing. Mm-hmm. You know? But not now. Like I literally got to, I go through a whole classical regimen. Like I'm in, the, in there doing a whole classical song or whatever. Yeah. Just to warm up the vocals or whatever, getting a lot of doing some doing some talking, but not a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a guy that has to have cold water. If you give me warm water, everything's gonna dry up on me, man. Mm. So like I try, I always tell people like I'd like I have a thing where I tell my singers or band, when we go somewhere, we don't go out to eat. After we mm. do whatever we have to, we never go out to eat. Because okay. all that talking and laughing, whatever, and then I gotta sing the next morning, I ain't got it. Yeah. So I'm really chill. I'm a chill person, period. So right. road, it's a very chill situation. Um, my road manager and manager just kind of make sure I make sure I get what I need, which is like I said, I gotta have me some cold water. Yeah. And just chill. Like I, I don't mm. want to do a whole bunch. Just chill out. Got you, got you. All right. If you weren't an artist, what would you have been? Would you have been an athlete or a classical singer? Well, see, see, I'm doing what I love to do now. So okay. What I wanted to do was I wanted to coach football. Wow. That's what that's what I wanted to do. Um, so when I moved out here, I, I took a job at a church. And when I got there, I realized it was a school. And yeah. They said this is more of a school than a church. Mm. And they was like, you know, we got a we got a football team, a high school football team. I'm like, do they need any help? I'm like, oh like, man, that's dope. <laughs> so uh, the head coach came to my office and said, hey, what do you know? What do you do? I'm like, I'm a defensive guy. I've played D-line all my life. And so I'm actually living my dream. I literally am, am leading worship at a church. I'm a worship pastor at a church. And then in the afternoons, I'm a, I'm a high school football coach. That's and amazing, bro. Wow. To, to, to get to know some kids and try to stay yeah. in the right way. And, you know, yeah. and, still, and still be ministry as well. You know? Yeah. So I'm a I'm a worship pastor, football coach, dad, artist. So like I told my team, like, yo, I told my, my 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 manager, road manager, I said, hey, come in of August until the end of September, uh, the end of um, October. Mm-hmm. I'm not going dates. Like I'm not going nowhere. I am. Wow. It's too it's too much to try to do all three. And so yeah. I, cut, I cut the artistry side of me. I'll still write. I'll still do yeah. dates or whatever. Um, but I try not to travel during football season so I can focus on that. So during the season, you're home, you pack it in and you're like, no, that's amazing. For one, I don't think anybody in the world knew that. That's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. Cause I mean, we love sports, right? We love God. We love sports. Mm-hmm. And like, you actually get to live both, both sides of the life. So that, that's amazing. I'm living the dream here, here, Virginia football is a little bit different, especially, yeah. um, uh, I'm in a private school. And yeah. so it actually feels like I'm coaching college football because mm. recruiting, there's scholarships, all that. I'm like, yo, this is dope, you know. So I'm loving now, it. Now is the culture the same? Because you know, Midwest football is like serious. Like it's a little, East Coast. I'm from the East Coast, and I don't know if it, yeah, if it hits as hard, lie, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. It is different. It yeah. 
and 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 the this this these kids are different. The parents are different. Mm-hmm. So I that was something I had to adjust to. Like these kids aren't 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 playing football on the street as yeah. much as we did growing right. up. So you know we got to do things a little different. Wow, that's amazing, man. Well, thank you. I'm sure they appreciate you sharing your time and your skills with them, uh, and and both on both sides of your your job. Yes, um, can you talk about uh, three things that are in your gig bag when you're traveling? What do you have to have with you? Um, I gotta have my pedal board, mm-hmm. of course, my guitar, um, chords, and well, this is not. You said three things. I just said four things, but that's okay. I need to have. I gotta have. Um, uh, my notebook mm-hmm. and my Bible. Okay, that's awesome. Um, do you eat before the show? I know you said you don't eat after the show, like going out. I eat definitely. Everybody. I'll eat. I try not to have like a full meal. Like the mm-hmm. older I get, I'll be feeling it during the show. But, <laughs> right. Um, I like to eat something. I don't want to go up there starving. Got you, got you, got you. Do you have a process in how you retain material? Um. Ask that a different way, so because I want to answer it the right way. With arrangements, uh, song structure, how do you retain the material? Do, is it? Do you have notes? Do you just memorize it? No, I, I, I am a, I am a studio guy now. But before okay. that, I have to put everything in my phone. Okay. So like, I don't care what I'm doing, other than if I'm in a meeting or I'm I'm with my kids. Mm-hmm. I will stop whatever I'm doing. If I hear an idea, I'm going straight to my phone. Yeah. Um, in that way, I don't feel like I don't feel like the the pressure of to sit down and do the music is the right thing. Yeah. I can throw it to my phone and come back to it. Now, a lot of times, I forget about it for for three months. Yeah. But there's times I go through a rabbit hole on my phone. I'm going through songs like, "Oh, I forgot about this." Oh, I forgot about this. Like, right. Like, oh, a whole other EP. Yes. <laughs> I keep it stored always. That's amazing. Good stuff. Um, talk, talk, or take us through uh, a songwriting session. Say you with a group of other writers. For those that may not have experienced it, can you share what that experience is like? Uh, so we're keeping it one hundred. Yes, yeah. that's, that's not my thing. No. So you're a solo writer. Yeah, like I want, I want that to be my thing, but it's not. Okay. My thing. Like okay. I want to. To sit with, with with songwriters and musicians, and yeah, plow out a song. I've tried it. I did it. I did it with. Um, <laughs> I wrote a song with B.J. Putnam one time, and in our our songwriting process, he's a lot like me as well. One okay. very shy. Yeah. Um, and so the process. This is twelve years ago. The process was us pretty much not saying anything, bro. Like more <laughs> of. Let me hear what you got. And I'm yeah. playing what I got. And then he played what we got. And we was like, after a while, he was like, you know what? Send me what you got. And we'll get back. <laughs> Let's do it that way. And so that's kind of been, and honestly, like I've never, outside of that song, I have never sent out music for, for a placement. Never. Okay. Wow. I've never sent out a song for placement. So, and that was just a miraculous situation moment like that was so you've moment. never submitted songs to be on an album you they've heard songs that you've already put out yep. and then they wanted to re-record it it's either it's either that or they heard it on youtube That's okay like my my biggest song my biggest song i have as a songwriter 
Um, I don't even think people even knew I wrote I wrote the song or recorded the song. It was never a. If you take me off the books, only version that they heard was Darwin Hobbs on yeah. on recording wise. Yeah. But the song was more popular on YouTube for Miranda Curtis singing. Wow. And Called so, the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. And yes, so that's sir. my biggest song that I never really sent to anybody. Just wow. Darwin heard it and he was like, I was like, sure, man, go ahead and go for it. And yeah. then in the process, you know, Miranda sang it at the Potter's house and then it became huge. Wow. How did you learn how to perform? I guess I guess that goes back to your college days, right? You learned witnessing everything from, from that situation and engaging with the know, crowd. I, I don't know. I honestly think that comes from, from watching my mother. And I'm still okay. I'm still super amazed at how she can work and all mm -hmm. of these. And yeah. my mother is 71 and one, you wouldn't know it. She needs to grow up. <laughs> but her artistry, it just it there's we do this, we did this thing called um the glory experience. And we did a live recording, mm -hmm. you know, a mother and son live recording. And we wow. brought it as well to be a part. And it was a crazy experience, bro. But I would sit back on that stage and just watch my mom and be like, what in the world? Like, how yeah. she's killing this. I really don't need to be up here. Like, yeah. And so wow. between my mother and, again, Jonathan Dunn is one. He played a huge part of watching someone move an audience as a legend artist. yeah between me and Jonathan Dunn is Jonathan's gonna move you with his vocals like mm -hmm. he's he's one of the greatest when it comes to vocally I ain't that guy <laughs> you know but I also I didn't want to become a songwriter until I saw that he was writing big hits for Marvin Sapp. Right. I remember going to Walmart and seeing it in Walmart and thinking Lord man Please bless me to have the gift to write because I really yeah. wrote, a song, wrote a song at that moment. Wow! Um, and so, like, he was such a goat in my life. Like, mm -hmm. still, like, I still, there's not not too many concerts I've been to that were better than a Jonathan Dunn concert. Like, yeah, those are just life changing moments. And so, yeah, I learned a lot from those two. Shout out to Jonathan Dunn, man, the legend, man. Absolutely. Um, you serve as a worship pastor. In, in certain capacities, how is that different between being a worship leader, a praise and worship leader? Oh man, it's the worship pastors is is taking care of your people. Yeah, it's more of a, a serving position. And mm -hmm. So, like, you for up and coming worship leaders and worship pastors, you look at a worship pastor and worship leader as someone being up front and getting all the credit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a difference between those two. Okay. There are, there's a difference. That worship pastor job is literally it's a caring. You're like you're caring for people. Yeah. And and trying to grow them and grow a department. And so mm -hmm. the last couple, the last two jobs I've had working at churches, um, the church I was at before I moved out here had a very large music department and very different from what I was used to. Okay. I was basically overseeing or pastoring 300 people. That's a church. Yes, it is. That's a church, and I'm talking Absolutely. About 300 people, like a choir, like four or five praise teams, a youth praise team, a, a senior praise team. I'm overseeing all these people. Sheesh. And that was my first time being the leader, a pastor, 
over a music department. And so that taught me, it taught me a lot. And so like, yeah. there's no, there's no real, you're not a real celebrity like this is because this is work. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's work. Now just showing up and leading worship, that's easy. That's, that's the easy part, but making sure your, your other worship leaders, your band, everybody is where yeah. they're supposed to be and we're in community. That's, yeah. that's, that is the difference between being a worship leader and a worship pastor. Because you're building a culture. You're building, yeah. you're supporting the vision of the pastor and you're, and you're executing that for him and building a culture of worship. Most definitely. That is dope, man. Um, you've done a bunch of sessions, right? You have, I looked at your Googles and I checked out your, you know, all the records that you've done. What was your favorite session? My favorite session is that I did, I did, a, um, I did uh, the Momentum record. Yeah. That was my favorite session because of the lack of preparation we had going into it. Like, <laughs> really? Oh man, I just lost my job. I was in a bad place, but, um, but was like, it was more of a faith faith thing for me. Like I I'm in Jersey at this time. My whole band is in Cincinnati basically. Mm-hmm. I went to the music I went to the music store and was as I'm walking to the music store from my house to the music store, I'm writing in my head. Yeah. So I put it in my phone. I'm like, these songs are pretty good, man. Let me let me uh send this to my band. They they're like, yo, this is great. Which doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> okay. I, I write for my guitar. So you send songs to band band members like to you get it. It's more like a country type thing, country okay. vibe. But it's just yeah. me and my guitar, so y'all just gotta take it the way it is. Right, right, right. Um, so they was like, "Yo, let's do this." Whenever you're ready, my like, Friday. Like, yeah. I'm coming to Ohio on Friday. We're gonna rehearse these songs on Friday, and we're gonna record them on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I ain't got no job. I ain't gotta be anywhere on Sunday morning, so I'm coming <laughs> down to Ohio, and I'm gonna do this. And so. Yeah. I got there late, so our rehearsal didn't start till midnight Friday night. Wow! Yeah. Talked to them songs, ran through everything. The studio session at noon on yeah. Saturday, and we did two five-hour sessions, and we pretty much knocked out more than half of that record, just like for that. the whole Momentum album. Yeah, bro. Like we wow. we knocked it out quick. That's out amazing. Quick. Yeah. Wow. We, did, we not we mainly knocked out. The first two sessions we knocked out, Cognitive uh, Jesus, mm-hmm. um, The King is Here, All the Blood, like four, four or five songs, we knocked those songs out. And those are all home runs, did you oh, just okay. say? Or, <laughs> you think, bro, like I had to, we did our sessions, our our, our band session on, for, on that Saturday. Yeah. Sunday was, was the singers. Yeah. I made a mistake. <laughs> and booked all of these people, and some of them I didn't know that well. Yeah. I just assumed they sang certain things. And so I bring in a, a singers, I bring in singers, and I find out I have no soprano, bro. Ooh. I have no soprano. I'm like literally asking altos. I mean, I'm sure you can sing some soprano. <laughs> like, no. They're like, so nah. For mainly for for call, for call the name of Jesus, there's no soprano. Whoa. So I'm seeing soprano on that whole that whole record. Like I am in there bleeding. <laughs> call the name of Jesus. Soprano. I'm like, what was I thinking? This is such a bad idea. But it worked. You know, I got so that's, so that's your voice on soprano yeah, calling it. On calling him Jesus. Yes. How many stacks? Uh I would say probably four. 
Wow. That's amazing. See, breaking news. Nobody knew that. That's amazing. Oh, I know. That, Thank you for sharing. And that's a hit. So, uh, you know, that's your biggest, your big hit on Spotify. I looked at those numbers. That's crazy. There's not a song, honestly, there's not a song that I can say this out by me that I'm not singing soprano. Really? Now, there, might be, there might be another soprano on top of it, but there's every record I've ever done, I've sang soprano. Or I've sang soprano alto and tenor on everything. Yeah. And then, so what I do is on all my sessions, I knock out all the background vocals first, just yeah. me. I'll stack yeah. stack myself three or four times. Right. And then once the singers come in, they come in confident because it's already there. So yeah. all I got to sing on top of it. And you keep that reference. I keep it. Whoa, Always. that's Always. amazing. That's so dope. I nobody knew that. That's amazing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I mean, I'm a background vocalist, so that's what I. Right. So you you do that. You're a studio guy. I got you. So, um, with with the blessings that you've had and the the uh, notoriety that you've made, and you, it puts you in great rooms with around great people. How important is networking as an artist? Uh, it's important. Mm -hmm. It's not everything. Okay. It's not everything. Um, but it's important. Uh, I think I think what's important is character. Yes, sir. That's that's the most important. Um, can people trust you? Yeah. Um, that is that is the most important. That's kind of been, that's kind of opened up the doors for me a lot. Was yes, he can write a song, but he's also, he's a good dude. He's a good hand. Yeah. You know? and so, yeah, that's the, yes. Net networking is. Here's the truth, bro. I probably I probably would be further along if I network more. But, I understand. But yes, it's important, but it's not everything. Right. Well, I mean, your name speaks for you, right? And so they yep. know what to expect when, when you come in the room. So you you don't have to sell yourself because they know what they're getting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah. I, I understand yeah. that fully. Um, I normally play a game called Rapid Fire where I give you a multiple choice, you know, and you say either or. So I'll, let's play the game called Rapid Fire right now. Let's and I'll it. give you the choice and you'll tell me what your preference is. But I usually end with this question, but since we're right there, I'll just say character versus skill. Um, I, I heard someone say skill will get you in the door, but character will keep you in there, in the room. Yeah. And so that's been that's been the case for me. That's yeah. definitely been the case for me. Absolutely. I, I love that, man. Um, so let's do it. New York or Los Angeles? New York. Okay. Logic or Pro Tools? Logic. Okay. Uh, in ears or headphones? in headphones headphones okay um pizza or chinese food pizza i don't eat oh. it but pizza okay okay um let's go to a jean jacket or a moto jacket jean jacket bro. wait <laughs> wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> or what or a motorcycle jacket yeah i'm gonna go back with that motorcycle jacket all day that moto right oh, always <laughs> okay chicken or fish Fish. Okay. Independent or major? As an artist. Man, honestly, like, like depends on you. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say independent, but I have my own reason behind what it really is. I mean, we're educating the the, the, the next generation yeah. and, and other other creatives. So talk to me. Unless your work ethic is not at the top of the line. 
get you a deal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I would say, like the the best of the best had deals, and then they worked backwards. Yeah. So like, I just saw that John Mayer is 100% independent now. Yeah. And um, which he, to me, uh, he's one of my favorites of all time. So it works that he can do independent, but it only works now because he has that name from being yeah. signed. Shout out Fairfield, Connecticut, John Mayer. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, um, sir. <laughs> um, so I hear you. So create the name with with the machine behind you, and then you can work backwards. At yeah. when that deal is up, you already have the acclaim, the notoriety, the, and people know about you. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, being independent is a very popular thing to do, but right. unless you got that grind, it ain't for everybody. You gotta work that independent. Like, it's not just gonna fall on your lap. For sure. Absolutely. Um, let's do Houston or Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. Italian or Spanish food? Spanish. Okay. Vegas or Nashville? Nashville. Okay. Uh, traveling or home sessions? Traveling. Okay. Um, what do you enjoy more, writing, producing, or uh, performing the song? Hmm. That's a great question, bro. <laughs> Uh, if I'm doing my favorite song, performing. Performing. Mm -hmm. Something about what you've written and yeah. then performing it on stage. Especially, especially <laughs> if people already know the song, it's their jam. It's, but you doing a new song, you don't, that's hard. Man. It you is know, hard, yeah. It's rough. <laughs> Are you a shorts and sandals kind of, shorts and sneakers or coats and boots? I'm a jeans and sneak. No, I'm not. I'm a coast and boots guy. Yeah, Midwest, right? You got to cover yeah, up, layer sure. up. Okay, Yamaha or Taylor? Taylor. Gretsch or Epiphone? Epiphone. Uh, Fender, Gibson, or Gopherwood? Gibson. Gibson, okay. Acoustic or electric? Electric. Electric, yeah. okay. Um, I think that's it, man. I think you played the game well. Oh, last one. Snapbacks, beanies, or fedoras? Snapbacks. Snapbacks, okay. That's dope. Thank you for playing. Yes, sir. All right, let's play another highlight of, of, the, of the pod. People love this part. Um, it's, it's called Respect My Catalog. I'm going to play a snippet of a song you've written and give me some backstory about it. Now, some of these we probably already talked about, but All right. um, maybe you can dig a little further into context. But I'll bring you back to the song where I first heard of Amante Lacey. Yes, sir. That was championed by Ty Tribbett, written by the great Amante Lacey. Talk to me about that record, bro. You know, here's the thing. Here's the cool thing about that song. And every song, pretty much every placement I got, they didn't change anything, bro. Yeah, I noticed that because I listened to your version and I listened to their other people's they didn't change version. Anything, bro, they, they, they even used our strings. Um, they, yeah, they used 
everything. So they called you and asked you for the stems. They got our stems, bro. Woo! That's how you know you got a hit when they call Yo, you and ask sure, you bro. Bro. <laughs> when, they, when they want the stems from your your record, your version. That's dope. Yeah, that's that. If I have anything I can hang my hat on, is that every song that's been on other artists, the songs are the exact same. Like that's there's no dope, man. There's no changing. There's no adding. It's just the same. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Uh, and that kind of I've heard you say somewhere else that 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 placement changed your life. It really did, bro. Everything, yeah, keep, everything changed from that moment. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Thank you so much. Let's go to another record. Uh, let's go to something a little more recent. Let's go to this. You are, you're a talented dude, man. Anointed to do this, man. Salute. We have the great Amante Lacey here on episode eight of Musician Memoirs on the In the Pocket podcast. My guy is here with me telling us about some of the records that he's written. Um, we love these records. We sing these records. Um, he is gifted and anointed to do this. And he's here with us today telling us about some backstory on these records, man. Bro, uh, that's on your newest re release, on your newest EP, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yes. talk to me about that record. You are welcome. Yo, so... Honestly, that's probably one of my favorite songs. Like, that's my favorite, one of my favorite songs to play live. With my it family. just goes, man. It oh, just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, bro. Um, that's one of the songs that I literally wrote that driving. I was headed to a barbecue. Wow. My, my, my members in my choir. Yeah. Driving. I had my dude that sings background for me. We were heading to a barbecue, and I literally was like, bro, I can't talk right now. Yeah. I'm driving. I pull out my phone, sing to my phone, and um, and then the rest was history. Like. Um, because I have again, I have another song that's really popular, which is Hello, yeah. 
Yes. You are welcome in there. So I, I figure I can just merge these songs together. Yes. Almost uh-huh. like deadly. And so that's that is my jam. Anything I get to rock out on some guitar, some some electric guitar. I rarely play acoustic. I play a lot of acoustic in studio. Yeah. Anything I can play some some good old guitar up front. I'm on it. Yes, sir. That it it I'm definitely teaching that to the praise team next week. <laughs> that is that's <laughs> here. Yo, I'm teaching that to my praise team. It's an easy song. Absolutely, man. That that's definitely on the list for next week. Um, let's go to another joint. This is a huge song. I believe um when I first moved to Atlanta in 2016, like everybody was doing this record. So I'm gonna play this for you right now. Yes, sir. The King is here on the Momentum EP. Or is it an album or is the EP? Oh, the album on, on the Momentum album, man. That is one of the one of your hit songs that the nation is singing and probably has brought you a lot of acclaim and a lot of pop- popularity. But we love that record, man. Um, we yes, did it for man. Easter, we did it for you know uh Christmas, you know, it, it's that kind of dope song. So um talk to me about the background on, on the King is here. Bro, as I'm sitting here, as I'm sitting here listening, bro, I'm putting myself in that situation. I actually was like getting emotional thinking about it, bro, because I was in a broken place at that moment, bro. Ooh, yeah. And so I remember someone said, um, how are you writing these songs when you're going through so much, but you're bringing so much joy mm. to my home when I listen to those music, and that music, but it was almost like I said, it was a faith thing for me. Like I was going through a divorce, bro. Okay. I, Homeless, like I was Jesus. struggling, bro. Yeah. Like I, I had to call my dad. Said, "Dad, listen, I got, I got these songs. I'm about to record in the studio. I ain't got no money. Mm-hmm. Help me, you know." Yeah. So, wow. Like that was where I was. I felt like I was singing for my life, brother. Like mm-hmm. I was writing and singing for my life. Yes, sir. Um. So the uh, again, that was one of those sessions that I talked talk songs that Saturday, that Friday night, and recorded the very next day. Wow. Um, did I feel like I had something? No, it's the first time I put out a record as a solo artist in okay. forever. Like I've been with Champion so long. And so this was more of a nervous, let's see what happens. Type yeah. Now you did something in 06, didn't you? In- oh man, yeah. Okay. I did, I did something in 03. Oh wow. We'll never find it. Like we don't, we don't <laughs> talk about it. And uh, that was produced by Hamilton Harden. And it, here's the thing: we all know Hamilton is one of the greatest musicians of mm-hmm. all times. Yes. But I made him put a record together that sounded like it was—it's awful. And it's not <laughs> because of me. 
Like he was more of a like, all right, bro, I'm just gonna do it the way you say. Yeah. Just and it was terrible. Okay. So, uh, I always tell artists, please, before you put out a record, go and learn yourself. Yeah. Learn who you are as an artist first before you decide to put a record out. Mm. That was terrible. But yeah, in all six, I did a record. Yeah. Um, that was that was it was it's not who I am today. Okay. Nowhere close to who I am today, but Tanya Baker had a, a label at that time, and she I was her her sex, she was the first artist, I was her second artist, and she took a chance on me. I'm like, I don't know okay. what I'm doing, but let's get <laughs> done. And so yeah. we got the record, had some help with some with Wante Hall, Jonathan Dunn was a writer on that record. That's amazing. So yeah, I'm old man. <laughs> Seasoned, as, yeah. as I like to call it. Um, so the king is here, man. Um, who played on that record? Do you remember? Yes, uh, uh, Keith Glover, KJ Glover, who's out in Atlanta on yep. drums, Wante Hall on bass. Wante, uh, shout I'm, out Wante. I'm, I'm on guitar. Kess, what's Kess' last name? Kess is out in Atlanta as well. Um, he's a white guy with a massive big beard. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, Shamar Blake on some, some keys in Oregon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lord, I can't think of his name right now. It'll come to me too late. But so main main keys was it's not coming to me. It'll come to me later. On. Okay. Nah, great record. Uh, definitely sang around the nation, all around the world. Um, brought you a lot of attention, and uh, people love that song. Yeah, and they will they will keep singing. I I like the remix too. I like the on the your uh, oh. songs album. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, I like that version too. To get to a little Toto version to it, like towards the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I am by far the biggest Toto fan there is. <laughs> I'm going to go see them in a couple weeks, so I'm. Oh, that's I'm dope. That guy. That's dope. Let's go to uh, your next hit. I think this is. You said it's your biggest hit, so let's talk about this. Yes, sir. Beautiful song, man. So many people across the world have been blessed by that song from your version to the Darwin Hobbs version to the Miranda Curtis YouTube clip, man. Talk about the history of that song really quick. Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, that song almost did not make it out. Like we, I I went in, recorded, and I did not, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I hated it. I hated it. Um, you know, God has a sense of humor. You know that, right? <laughs> I felt like it sounded too much like um, uh, Ty Tribbett's everything to me. Okay. And so I didn't want to put it out. And it was like, bro, you've got to put this out. And so <laughs> we went to Nashville and did a show with Ty Delaney. Mm-hmm. And I opened up with a song called Daily I Will. Mm-hmm. And I went to Call the Name of Jesus. And I instantly knew it was like, okay, we got a hit right here. This is, yeah. this is big song. Yes, sir. And Absolutely. So that's kind of was like once it went once we did it live, it felt like it was a good situation. So we gotta do it. Gotta let it go. Gotta let it go. Wow. So does Darwin hear it from from the uh, from your version, or does he hear it from Miranda? You know what? I don't know. Okay. I don't, here's the truth: there are artists I've written for that I've never met in my whole entire life. Like 
I've never met Darwin Hobbs, even though he's from Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> never, never been in the same room with him. I've never met uh, Byron Cage. Wow. You know, and he's my frat brother. And I've yeah. never, I've never met him before. Um, and so that's, I guess that's the blessing and the beauty of how your music can travel further than you can. Yeah. Music can touch the world, man, without yeah. you even being in the same room. That's the power of music. That's amazing, man. Well, thank you for playing that game with us. I have a new game for you called uh, Finish the Lyric. So I'm going to pull some lyrics, and I don't know how oh, good at you, you are I'm remembering good. your lyrics. Because I'm terrible with lyrics. So <laughs> this is fun. Okay, cool. All right. Exposed. All right. So I'm going to start a lyric, and you finish it. And these are, these are all songs you've written. <laughs> I like to test songwriters in their memory, so this is it should, it should be fun. It's hilarious. <laughs> this is our song and prayer, Lord, Hear Us. Hear our heart. Hear our praise, hear our voices rise up to you. That's a forgotten song, man. That's a good song. <laughs> it's beautiful, yeah. Okay, so you, you got that one right. Let's see. And I got one more for you. Um, I have failed without you many times over and over. You saved the day. Yes. You, I have failed without you many times over and over. Ooh, I, I have failed. Without you many times over and over. You saved the day. You're my hero. Many times over and over. Yes. Yes, sir. That is on your newest EP, Like yes, Never Before. And that's the title of that, that record. So thank you for playing that game. That was fun, man. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to challenge you to see, because you've written so much, right? And so yes, i like to see if you can recall it. But it, it comes back to you always. I, here's the thing. I had to imagine playing it on guitar. Right. Remember, so yeah, that's how it helped me. I think that's fun. Um, I wanted to play that game to transition to talking about songwriting because you have a simplistic style of songwriting. It's not wordy or complicated. And is that by choice? It is definitely by choice. Yes, um, talk to me about that. I was raised uh, when I, because first, we come before you start. We come from that era of God. You are great and so worthy to be praised. Yeah. We look at the excellence of your greatness and like. It's a lot of wordy stuff, but you took a different path to find the easier route to say the same thing. Yeah. With less yeah, words. This thing, someone hurt my feelings so bad. I I wrote this song and I played it for somebody. And it, it ended up being the one that, that Israel ended up recording, Israel and DJ. Wow. And I wrote it and I let them hear. And it was like, it's very shallow. Like, we, you didn't dig deep. And I'm like, like, Wow, that hurt my feelings. But then once I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna send it anyways, you know. Yeah. But one of the things that I was taught was that a sinner can't worship, right? Mm. And so, but my, I believe I, I kind of pushed back and said, but a sinner who comes to the room of worship can fall in love with Jesus by even looking at those words and the experience that's happening. And so, if I'm writing words that don't, they don't understand, I'm not doing my whole job. Right. So I know we want to have a moment for worshipers, but a lot of times we bring our family and friends who've never been to church. And yeah. so I want them to understand exactly what I'm saying, that feeling. And I also try to write from a perspective of a person who doesn't have the words to say to Jesus. Yeah. So if to someone who is a new new Christian doesn't know how to pray, these lyrics will help you yes. with, with, with speaking from your heart. And so... Right. Also, I always kind of think about men. Like we are, we are 
not the most wordiest people in the world. And um, but we also are not a lot of us are not secure enough to say certain things in worship and prayer. So I'm always trying to say say it for you for the brothers. Like this is how yeah. we do and um and not be you know feeling kind of way about it. That's dope. I never even thought about that. That's great, man. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, um, one one last little uh quiz test. Pick five albums that you can listen to with no skips. Uh um John Mayer uh Continuum. Continuum, yeah. Uh Jonathan Dunn. Uh because oh, I just listened to it this week. Um an, and another level and another level. That's what's called. Okay. Um any commission record with Fred on it. <laughs> okay. Uh Fred Hammond's um Purpose by Design. Mm. And um uh the sailing record by by um Christopher Cross. That, I don't know the name of that record, but I can listen to that whole record through. Okay. I'll pull that up for you. Oh. Yes, sir. This is episode eight of Musician Memoirs with the great Amante Lacey, man. My brother, thank you for being with us today, man. You you shared, you poured out of your heart. You've given us some personal insight on the industry and your experience. I'm super grateful to you being here with us, man. Um, you are a family guy, a father. Um, how mm -hmm. important is legacy to you? It's everything, man. Yeah. Um, I, have, I, have, I have two kids. My daughter is about to be 15. Wow. Lord God Almighty, <laughs> my son turns 13 next week. Wow. So, um, they're spitting images of their father. So I yes. can't, can't not say they're not mine. You, know? <laughs> you better not. Um, but, you know, my, my daughter takes a, takes a liking to music. And okay. uh, so what I did was for the Like Never Before record, the song Your Name, I had her come sing on it. Oh, that's and amazing. So, um, she had never done anything like that. And I remember being a kid and my mom was recording records and I remember sleeping through her whole first uh, uh, studio session because I was mad. I cried because I wasn't singing the records. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted my daughter to, to have that opportunity. Um, yeah. So I knocked, of course, I knocked out everything. So all she had to do was come and sing on top of it. Yeah. So I got, had my own studio at the time. So why not? Of course. So, yeah. That's a great memory. That's awesome, man. I, I love that. Um, and how do you want to be remembered? You have a great career so far up until this point. You have many years to come, many more songs, big hits to write. But how does Amante the person want to be remembered? As a good guy. Yeah. Just that's that's the music will come and go, you know, but I just want to be known as a good guy. I, I love that my reputation. I've I've been through some things and seen it through. Um, everybody don't love me, but there are people yeah. that love me. But at the end of the day, I want them to know, even though if you don't love me, I love them back, you know? Yeah. So, um, everybody, music is so vast. And then some yes. people love your music. Some people could care less about your music or whatever. <laughs> Especially, I'm in the worship vein. Like, everybody ain't loving that vein right now. So it is of what course, it is. yeah. And so, but I, I don't care. Like, as long as they say that he was a good guy, like, he loved his family, that's all I care about. And you love football. And I, I love <laughs> baseball. I love, love it. I love baseball. What are your teams? Shout out your teams. All right. So I'm a 49ers fan. We Ugh, you just beat my Cowboys, man. Oh, I wish I had known that. As long as we are our, our team, them Cowboys, 
the Cowboys, but here's the thing. I honestly feel like my 49ers are, co- are cursed because of Kaepernick. So I don't think we're going to win those anytime. So we'll just keep getting close. Support them. Um, I'm a I'm a LeBron James fan. So oh, you're that guy. So you support yeah. wherever he goes. Wherever he goes, I'm with him. So I'm a Lakers fan right now. Okay. And so I'm I'm a Reds fan for baseball. Okay, Cincinnati. Talk yes. about that Cincinnati dynamic, right? Cincinnati. Uh, sports when you're in, I guess you can support because that's your Ohio team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the yeah. Indians too. Yeah, yeah, Cleveland's the Indians, yes. Which so is it just based on? Is it based on like where you live in the state you yeah, choose? Well, to? I'm closer when and where I'm from. Springfield's an hour away from Cincinnati. Okay, so that's your your, your local. Game. Game. I've never been to a Cleveland game. Okay, I missed one song and and playing uh when we were going through the respect my catalog. Let me play this last song. Right, just so I can hear your your response to it. One second. Yes, sir, man. What a great record, man. Talk to me about that amazing record more and more. Um, bro, like I, I that song was one of those songs that like I always when people ask me about the song, I I'm very straight up with them. Like when I wrote that song for for BJ. Yeah, BJ Putnam. Um, we were writing back and forth seeing each other versions of it, and they didn't keep any of my stuff that I wrote other than the bridge. Wow. And so when you hear that song, only thing I wrote, which I am very proud of, was we want you more and more. Uh and yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll I'll take it. And so um and so I found so BJ did it on a Sunday morning. He said, bro, they love it. Yeah. He said I'm gonna put on my record. I'm like, cool. And I had no idea I didn't know who Israel was. I mean, I knew who he was, but we didn't know each other. Right, right, right. Um, and Israel, Israel loved it. And then Israel, crazy story, bro. Mm-hmm. I gave my CD, true story. I gave my CD to an, a worship leader in Cincinnati. Um, and then she gave that CD, she gave that Champion Live CD, she gave it to Trent Corey. Wow. <laughs> Trent Corey hit me up, told me he loved the record. My awesome. Trent Corey burnt that CD mm-hmm. to BJ Putnam. Wow. And you had BJ, never met BJ before this? I met BJ. And then BJ hit me up. And then Israel hears the song. And then Israel puts two and two. Like, this is the same guy that wrote Champion. That he's yes. And so, which is weird. I had been around Israel so many times, never met him because I, 
again, Aaron Lindsay from Ohio. Family. Of course, yeah. And so I've known I've known Aaron all of my life. Wow. But didn't know Israel. And so yeah. um it's just one of those situations where I, like he hears a song and then flies me and my wife at the time to uh Houston for his 40th birthday party, bro. Mm. He's introducing me to everybody in the room as his new favorite songwriter. I'm like, what? Yeah. Holton, who is the king of writing a song, period. Of course, yeah. So I'm meeting famous, famous, because at this birthday party, it was not just gospel artists or of course. there was actors, like there was there was Sinbad was there. You, I mm -hmm. mean, I knew everybody in the room. Wow. So that was, bro, you're talking about a crazy experience. Like it was like a fast track, bro. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that story, man. That's great. And it definitely was a, a hit song. And uh, talk to me about um, that process, right? Okay, so BJ has a song. You have a, a you add a piece to the song for songwriters. How does that work with the slip sheets, oh, split sheets? I'm sorry. Um. Well, of course. Totally honest, bro. I did not know Israel was recording the song until Israel recorded the song. But that's okay, though. And it was just, yeah, you can fix that later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I found out I had I, the church I was working at. I had to lead worship for the high school students. And I saw on on Facebook at the time that he was doing a live recording mm -hmm. live at the center. I think it's called whatever. Jesus at the center. Yeah, Jesus at the center. And mm -hmm. I saw that. And so I, I hit, hit BJ. I'm like, yo, tell me about this live recording. He's like, it, oh, we're doing your song tonight, bro. I <laughs> bro, I took off. I took off running this whole church. I was so excited. <laughs> like, my song's being recorded by Israel Holton. Yes. At Lakewood, yeah, has done a live record in a long time. This mm -hmm. is an amazing experience. Yeah, um, but I've had some crazy things happen. So I'm thinking, he's telling me he's going to record it, but in some way, somehow, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, you know that I watched it. I watched it live. Yeah, like, yo, like this is an anthem. The way they're doing this song, like absolutely, they had it. You no, know, and the way they had it set up on on iTunes, like you couldn't. Listen to it. You had to you had to buy the whole record mm -hmm. to get that song in advance. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we we just split up evenly, bro. Wow. And um, and that was kind of him because artists don't do that, but bro, bro. If I I'm, I won't spill <laughs> all of my business, bro. But let me tell you something. God <laughs> has been amazing when it comes. Bro, you to went thirty three and a third on the Israel record. Israel record, bro. <laughs> Israel record, bro. Bro, I, I wrote a song, and I'm not going to say who the artist was, but I, I co-wrote a song with some other people, and it wasn't like that. And no. it was a major, a major artist. Really? The song, wasn't, the song wasn't a hit. It was an album-filling song. Yeah. But, um, No, I ain't. Mm -mm. It was really? five, other, it was five, five yeah. writers, and uh, it, it, the deal wasn't that sweet. I'm grateful for what I, I got. heard of that happening. I honestly, that up. Honestly, bro, I can say outside of the, that's the the Israel record is the lowest I've ever been on wow. a record. And so percentage wise, is, okay. Again, it's an Israel record, so you take right, that. right, of course. Uh, but but I have I, um, another major. So I won't say the artist, mm -hmm. but if you go to his catalog, it's on his greatest hits, bro. Yeah, I got one hundred percent. 
I got one hundred percent. Actually, all of my songs I've got, I've gotten one hundred percent, other than that that song with, with Israel, and then one other, but the other one was still seventy percent, bro. So, yeah. um, it helps that they don't change your music. Yes, keep everything the exact same. Yeah. So that's been I've been blessed that yeah. I've not been taken advantage that's of. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. That speaks to the the. It speaks to your character. It also speaks to your ability and your production, right? It, you know, you and your band put that that stuff together, and, yeah. and they they. I mean, I we did a song for Marvis App when with Dion, and it was our arrangement, and they kept they added a little bit, but they basically kept everything that we did. And so I think that's that's amazing. I didn't get any credit on that song because I didn't write that song, but Bro, I don't want to put that. Out. <laughs> it I, um, I wrote a song for an artist named. Chris, Kristen Gray. I don't know if you ever heard of him, mm -hmm. um, but Kristen, he, he's more on the hip hop side, but he's very popular. Like mm -hmm. I found out we're from the same area, did not know he was famous at all. Yeah. Um, but I wrote a song. I, I wrote a song initially for for Gerald Haddon. Yeah. And he was doing a song for artist uh, Jason McGee. Yeah. L.A. And so I sent them the song. They recorded it, praise God. But it was it was originally a secular tune. Oh, it wow. was originally okay. it was a the so the the course was um I don't see you nowhere here in my bed. It was that kind of song. <laughs> right. Heartbreaking situation, the woman's gone. Yeah. So that's the song right down the middle. Me and Kristen Gray wrote that song just like that. Yeah. So I sent it, changed the lyric to instead of I don't see you nowhere, it went to being he never fails. Okay. The lyrics are pretty much the same mm -hmm. somewhat, but the chorus is he never fails. Took that same song and then he recorded singing nowhere with the lyrics are different, but it's all written the same way. Yeah, so of I'm course, yeah. Three ways, but it's still he still gets credit. He gets writing credit on all sides, and I do too. Yeah. And so it just worked out. And then you got, you know, that record was produced by Kirk Franklin. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, yo, this is dope. Like it didn't wasn't supposed to go this way. Yeah. Just <laughs> that way. Yeah. That's amazing, man. It, you never know how a song is gonna finish and who's gonna hear it or be inspired. Right. I think music inspires. So like whatever you hear something, you can create something different from it. So I like the fact that you read wrote it one way yeah. and it ended up another way. Mm-hmm. That's dope. This is episode eight of Musician Memoirs on the In the Pocket podcast with the great Amante Lacey, man. Thank you for being here, bro. Um, I'm not going to hold you much longer. I'm super grateful for you taking time out to be with us. I enjoyed this, man. This is super dope. Um, you are truly a down to earth, good brother, man. Um, like I said, I first was introduced to you, I think in uh, 2013 on the Champion album. And then in 2018, I finally got to meet you. Um, and we worked together at the Creative Collide Showcase in, in Vegas mm -hmm. for a stellar weekend. And I was the uh, music director. And you came in. We had that rehearsal that Friday night. And uh, I think Ron Poindexter was there and Gerard. Yeah. And, and we all rehearsed in that uh, rehearsal yeah. studio. Yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday, bro. Yeah, man. And we had a good time. And I had some some amazing musicians. I had Kenny Diggs. Uh, oh, yeah. I had Phil Cornish and uh, Kevin Powell. And we all were in there rocking out. And I think it was... It was a good experience and, and we had fun. And it was a pleasure to meet you and play those records that I have been playing at church all the time. And then I finally got to perform them with you. We had a good time. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
So I, I hope that we'll stay close and stay connected, man. Um, any, next time you come out to Atlanta, let me know. I'd love to come see you. Um, let us know about your social media. Give me your social media and where we can find you. Uh, Amante Lacey Worldwide, everything. If you need to find me, it's Amante Lacey Worldwide on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's all Amante Lacey Worldwide. You see that artist, Unified Branding. You see one, one name everywhere. Everywhere. Can't Easy to find. Yes, sir. Um, one one last thing. Uh, thank you for being on the pod. And I, who would you recommend being on the podcast? And if I don't know them, um, can you introduce me to them? Uh, I got a very close friend of mine. His name is uh, Anton Porter. Okay. And he's actually in Columbus, Georgia. All right. And um, he's a guitar player. Mm -hmm. And what I love about Tone is he plays different styles of music, of course. Um, if I could tell this quick story. So sure. Tom, Tom went through a season where he needed to live with me for a little, little bit. And mm -hmm. so that's how I got to really know him. I didn't know him that well. I was like, bro, just come stay with me. Yeah. And um, Tom plays every instrument very well. Um, so he started playing guitar for me. So he, he played on the, the Lightning Every Four record, mostly mm -hmm. everything. Um, yeah. So he split time with me on electric guitar. And I learned a ton about him. But here's a crazy story about speaking faith about your life. Yeah. Um, at that time, Tone was, I, I tease him all the time. He was playing for me and a lot of local artists. And we would like make jokes about it. He wasn't playing for anybody big. <laughs> uh, well, he was playing for, uh, he was playing for, he's doing a quartet for Lord God Almighty. I'm forgetting everything. <laughs> uh, what the name, name some of the biggest quartets in out there right now. Uh, uh, Lee Williams. Yeah, got okay, I got, got you. Lee Williams. <laughs> with Ken Spirituals and um and so that was his main gig and he said nice. to me, he said we was in the car and he said, I would love to play for uh Fred Hammond, Kurt Franklin, Babyface. I would love to play for those guys and and, and John Mayer, of course. Yeah. And so he moved to Georgia, bro, and through Instagram and and he did a record with Darwin Hobbs. Mm -hmm. And from that, he started playing for Fred Hammond. I'm like, bro, wow. that is amazing. One, I'm the biggest Fred Hammond fan. So of I'm course, like, yeah. yeah. And so he's playing for Fred, and he's loving that, and I'm jealous. I'm telling you about <laughs> and so then, then Tone looks up and is on tour and is still on tour, plays for Babyface. Wow. Like, bro, like you smoked yeah. it right. Manifested it, yeah. Hey, bro, I'm like, and he said, um, he went from being a guy that just that plays guitar to now where if Bayface goes out and does him, if he does an acoustic set, he brings Tone with them. Yeah. Because Tone sings very well, too. That's dope. So Tone's up there playing guitar and singing. I'm like, bro, that's crazy. Living the dream, yeah. Living that dream. But he's just yeah. that. He's a good dude. And just a really good musician. Yeah. You know, he can play at his church. He's a minister uh, music at the organ. Wow. He plays the organ, but probably one of the coldest baseballs I've ever heard. Oh, so, man. He's that guy. And so okay. He's the one you definitely want to have. He's got stories. He's incredibly talented. Yeah. And a good dude. That's awesome, man. I would love to meet you. said Tone Porter? Anton Porter. Anton Porter. Yeah, man. Please uh, send me his info or his Instagram and I'll reach out to him. That is dope. Man, there you have it. Episode 8 is a wrap. 
with my good my good friend and brother, uh, Mr. Amante Lacey, man. Uh, thank you for being on the pod, bro. Thank you for sharing and being transparent, um, sharing your wins and your victories and your success, even some things that you learned from. You know, just the, the whole purpose of the pod is just to give back to people and give them insight and inspiration on how to find their groove and find their niche and stay in the pocket in the groove of success. So I'm wow. grateful for you being here, man. Thank you. I reached out to you. You responded. And yes, I'm grateful sir. for that, bro. Thank you because you're busy, you're traveling and doing a lot of things, but you're very humble. I give you props because a lot of these artists are not kind people. And uh, you you were very kind and, and very down to earth. And I, and I thank you for that. I appreciate that, man. I really do. Yeah. So thank you guys. Support his music, Amante Lacey World, Amante Lacey Worldwide. Uh, on all social media, look him up. He has a new album, a uh, new EP. Talk about that real quick. Yes, it dropped uh, in January. Here's the thing: it's a crazy year, so I just dropped that in January. About to drop another record in in uh, March. Okay. Um, it's gonna be somewhat an Easter record, a little bit. Okay. Um, then another record's gonna drop in July. Yeah. And then I'm gonna do a, a classical record for Christmas, man. Let's go, man. I love it. You hear that? Stay consistent with your audience and your people will support you. So Sorry. I did that and we will support you, bro, because we believe in your music and it's proven and it's good music. Y'all sing his songs on Sunday. Teach it to your praise teams and your choirs because it's easy to learn and effective music that will bless the people. And there you have it. My guy, Amante Lacey. Thank you, my friend. You got it. Bless you. Talk to you soon, bro. No doubt. Whoa, episode eight is a wrap of Musician Memoirs with the great Amante Lacey, songwriter, worship leader, artist, father, he does it all, man. This guy is great and he was here. He took time out of his schedule to be with us tonight. Um, thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Please continue to listen on YouTube and Facebook and you can listen to the audio while you're driving in your car. You can listen while you're at work at, at your desk. I just appreciate everybody. The downloads are up, the views are up, and I'm grateful. Somebody from Africa hit me the other day and told me they were listening and they had a request on somebody they wanted me to interview. I mean, God is amazing, and I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the support that you guys give. Please continue to support the pod. Share this with your friends. Let everybody know that In the Pocket with Chip G is growing, and we're out here to provide premium content to you guys. Thank you for your support. I love you all. I'll talk to you soon with some more heat. Peace.